This is Terry Howell from the Talk Back Fans Podcast, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show with the incomparable host, Greg Rempe. Start the game! Let's go! I'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. This is a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast, North Coast, points east and west as well. I am your aforementioned program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you right here on your Tuesday live fire fun and frivolity show. Let's start making that a thing. That's what I want. The new saying used to be we'll do it live. Before that, it was get in the smoke. The new catchphrase of the show, aside from cats pissing all over my house, and I do have an update about that I'll get to here in a second, maybe. But the new catchphrase of the show, I want to be the live fire fun and frivolity show. That's what I want. That would look great on a t-shirt. Barbecue Central show, logo on the front, and on the back, it would just say live fire fun and frivolity show. And people would read it and go, what the hell is that all about? And they would perhaps be forced to ask you, what does your shirt mean? And then you could then... Then, then, you could infect them with the Barbecue Central show knowledge and tell them to subscribe to the podcast at the very least, watch the show at the very most live every Tuesday from 9 to 11. Anyway, I've gotten way off track. Happy to have you aboard here. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it's the second Tuesday of the month. And in the first hour, that can only mean one thing. A visit from Meathead from AmazingRibs.com for joining us. Meathead is already on fire telling me that he knows for a fact that I have stopped playing his walk-on music, which is a song that he has penned himself and paid for a real live professional singer to sing. Unfortunately, in my estimations, it's one of the worst songs I've ever heard. So I want a song that motivates, that really gets us going, ready to rock and roll, all that good stuff. You can't hurry ribs while the fun play on words. Isn't what I would call a walk-up song or an intro song or get... A song that gets you pumped up is Cell Dweller's Switchback that I play right before. That's the song that I'm playing as I come into the show. When I say, hey, welcome to the fun and frivolity show. That's the rock and roll music that's playing. The bumpers that I have here on the show, that gets me jacked up. That's why I have them. You Can't Hurry Ribs is fun, tongue-in-cheek. I feel a little bad that you paid for that. And if I forget to play it every time, every month, unless you threaten that you're never going to show up again, I'm probably not going to play it. Uh That's why. Also, because I forget. But Meathead will be here in the first hour. Never fear. Then we'll move to the second hour. Oh, baby. We got it all locked and loaded. 14 pass the second hour. Hardcore carnivore founder. Live fire expertise. Jess Priles rejoins the show. Purveyor of fine rubs and gear. College student. Graduate student, maybe. 
event. Plenty to talk about with Jess, including the just keep flipping method. That I don't I think she would own up to the fact that she like she didn't find or is the founder of this method. I remember hearing a oh, I, I won't even get into it. But we'll be talking about that as well because she's really been promoting the just keep flipping method. So we'll talk about that, of course. And then coming out of the bullpen, first timer to the show, a host of his own podcast and what they call a chef's liaison for a company an hour south of me in Wooster, Ohio, Brian Schaff from Certified Angus Beef. Oh, there's a burgeoning relationship here coming, perhaps, if not. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. I'll still remain doing my fun and frivolity when all of the social media influencers are invited to Wooster to go to their beef shenanigans and I stop down and take a selfie in front of the sign and then drive away with my tail between my legs. I love doing that. I would miss doing that, actually. So that's how the show lines up for you. If you didn't notice... You can still follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snappy Snaps slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Also, we are going live back again to YouTube against my better judgment. We are also going live video stream to something called twitch.tv slash BBQ Central Show. I try and keep it similar in setup, in concept, in ways to find things, even though we're on different platforms. We're off and running. I can see comments on every single video platform that we are going to, so I see everything coming in through Facebook. I see everything coming in through YouTube. I can cast those up on the screen if I am so inclined, but I don't want to get lost in the chat. But for those of you that were relentlessly banging on me for getting off of YouTube, I'm back on YouTube. And there's a whole thought to that. I'm not even going to get into it. First and foremost, as we get to some house cleaning, we want to wish a special happy birthday to third Tuesday of the month regular guest, founder of GrillGirl.com, Robin Lindars, who turns 68 today. Congratulations, Robin. Hope you have a great birthday. Email from Tim in Kansas. Fact check. Greg, before Sam the Cooking Guy came on last week, you said fourth Tuesday of the month. Was this show pre-recorded, and have we caught you in a slip-up? Hmm, good question, Tim. The fact of the matter is, if you listen to the whole segment, and yes, I did misspeak, or I misspoke, but again, if you listen all the way through the segment, you also would have heard me refer to him as the first Tuesday of the month guest as well. So indeed... I corrected myself without even knowing that I had misspoke because, as you recall, he came on out of turn last month in helping me out. Good try to catch me up on a slip-up, Tim. But again, what's the benefit, me, of promoting a live show and going to do it live only to do it pre-recorded? That's bag move number one. What have we learned here? While I have tremendous bag qualities... Pulling bag moves is not something that I'm trying to do here on this show. I'm not trying to put one over on you or pull the wool over your eyes or hoodwink you, all these things. Julie Reinhardt is in the chat. Holy she smoke. Look out. What's up on the Pacific Northwest, Julie? How are you? Mike in Boston emails the show. Greg, your cat pissing rant was one of the best to date in the history of the show when you said Piscapades. I laughed out loud. That's right. I said Piscapades last week. If you missed that rant, it's the top of the second hour where usually you will find the most well-placed rants. And as I had mentioned a couple minutes before, there is a Piscapade update. While we have proliferated my new-to-house-to-me with feel-away or flee-away or whatever the hell you call the pheromone diffusers, There's like 10 in my house now that's supposed to make the cat calm and all this other stuff. While the cat hasn't pissed in the house in a week, we have also 
implemented a regimen of Prozac for the cat. Much to the cat's chagrin and dismay. Because, as I had mentioned before, the cat has anxiety. On top of pissing in my house, he is now being overrun with cat pheromone to make him feel safe. And we are also trying to force down near two milliliters of Prozac. But I'm telling you, as much as he wanted to pee all over my house, that cat is relentless in not letting me stick that plunger full of Prozac medicine down his gullet. And you would figure, for as fat as that cat is, he would be happy to take anything. Prozac probably has some calories. It's only going to make him feel better. Hopefully it doesn't make him want to pee all over my house. But we're a week in for the better. But that's what's happening. The cat is now officially on Prozac. A cat's dose of Prozac. I wish I was making it up, but I'm not making it up. Oh, by the way, special shout out to my dad who cracked some ribs and suffered a mild concussion on a terrible walking accident last week. Uh So we hope you're feeling well, Pops. I had a whole bit planned for that, but I don't think that's going to fit in tonight. But you never know what happens. Guests could fall out and all of a sudden we're in the middle of something. Meathead will be joining me coming up here in a minute. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills before Meathead pops into the green room. Some of the best pellet cookers out there in the market today. And let me tell you, there's a choice line. There's a prime line. Choice line. So for the entry-level cook, for somebody that wants to save a couple hundred bucks, for somebody that doesn't want to have all of the technical wiles and technical capabilities, for instance, a Wi-Fi or two internal meat probes or internal looking glasses into the main cooking chamber in the pellet hopper. You can save some money, still get the same size Jim Bowie or Daniel Boone in the choice line, but you're saving a couple hundy bucks. Now, if you want to spend a couple hundred extra dollars, now you get the tech, you get the Wi-Fi, the two internal meat probes, the look-in windows where I just told you. You get a more solidly built chassis, and then they have Prime Plus now, which is just a few more bucks on top of the Prime line. That gets you things like uh, internal lamps and the meat cooking chamber, just to name a few. If you want to figure out which one is white white or right for you, go to the website, greenmountaingrills.com, and check out everything that they have to offer, and then find a dealer near you because Green Mountain Grills pulls through dealers. Green Mountain Grills experiencing a great year as much of the live fire industry is, especially if you're in the business. Talked to Jason Baker a couple days ago and things are going very well. Product flying off the shelves. So find a dealer, go check one out, have them educate you, and then you're off and running when you get it to the house. No need to bring it back because buyer's remorse is taken care of right up front. GreenMountainGrills.com is the place to go. Meathead is coming up, hopefully, after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide, backyards like mine, by the way. 
be the pit master of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up now. I believe I saw Dave release a brand new episode in his podcast feed as well. So if you're not listening to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, you're doing yourself a disservice. Really good podcast out there in the barbecue and grilling world. So do all that. Always trust your butcher. It is the second Tuesday of the month. You know what that means? We race for the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Hey, Meathead. Hey, 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 hello. How is the Hall of Fames? Hall of Fame? And what am I doing? Are we a Hall Byron, of Fame? The Hall of Fame city. The Rock and, and the Roll. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. The Rock and Roll Hall of That's Fame right. city. And? But you are also the center of the Hall of Fame announcements and yes. all of that stuff. Right. Not a uh, not a act- active member yet. Uh-oh. We're working on that. As as you are too, we're we're both really trying hard. I don't think either of us is getting in. I don't think so either. But it's great to. Tra- isn't it fun? <laughs> more fun to talk about. I mean, if we got in, then what would we talk about at least two months out of the year? You know what I want it for? I want it so that all these schmageggies on Schmageggies. YouTube and Facebook who want to argue with me, I want to. I want to just be able to say, "Hey, when you're in the Hall of Fame." Then I'll listen to you. That's right. You want to drop the hammer on these people with the Hall of Fame. You know, the the social media world, oh, don't get me started. It it, it is so full of silliness. Are you not a fan Um, of social media? (laughs) No, I'm not at all. I, I could live without it. You know, there's just an awful lot of Billy the Kids out there trying to shoot down Marshall Dillon. And, uh, you know, when we post something of interest that we know to be true, there are just people who want to argue that. But, you know, that's the world of social media. Right. I've learned to live with it because it's a promotional vehicle. It's a broadcast medium to me. I use Twitter and Facebook to share, but it's not a very good receiving medium. It's not a good two-way medium. Hmm. So if you could, you would just be happy to be done with it. It's a means to some type of an oh, end to God, you. I That's would, it. I, I would walk away in a minute. I mean, oh. um, yeah. But, um, hey, I want to, I wanna, you know, you I, on fire about my theme song. You're on fire. I just sent you a note and said, how come you don't play my theme song anymore? Yes. I wasn't on fire. But now I'm on fire. You are? You, you dissed it. It's a good. I need you next time I'm on. Hold on. To play my walk on theme song, and let the let the audience vote. I think it's a good song. You can't hurry ribs. You just gotta wait. So it's a good song. Hold on, hold on. I got it right here. You You got it. I mean, you know, of course I have. Well, let let the world vote. Okay, wait a second. I got to make a few adjustments on my situation here. All right, for your okay. So, uh, and by the way, I do have uh, YouTube and Facebook comments up here. So, if you are so inclined to weigh in on if this is a if, if, if this is a uh, if this is a walk up song, is that what you call it? A walk up song. There you go. Ask people like it or dislike. Like or dislike. Let's make sure we got the proper volume on it. Here we go for your listening pleasure and for your vote. It's a game of time and temp. You can hurry. You know the words better than I do. You just have to wait. Just trust for the low and slow. No matter how long it takes. All right, now everybody vote on it. Look at this. Worst song ever. The reason you don't play it anymore is you keep forgetting because you're absent minded. You know, all that gray hair, I got it too. Gray hair (laughs) is just gray matter that has leaked out. All your brains are on the sideburns of your head. How dare you? Did you, you said that I am absent-minded? I'm, meathead, my <laughs> recall of anything is is unquestionable. It, it could hardly. Uh, here's a here's a uh, here you go. Right right away, we'll go to some instant feedback. That song, weak. What are you gonna weak. do? Weak. Weak. 
Okay. Who is that uh, week? Here you go. Here's a friend of yours right here weighing in. Dino Dan. That's a no-no. Okay. No. Yeah. Here we go. A guy from a magical paradise called Hawaii, Lance Owen. Saying no go. Oh boy, Peter, you're, you're not playing the negative. No, response. no. Here we go. Here's a big L weighing in from YouTube. Song is okay. C average. How about that? I'll take this. I'll Here's take live fire cooking expert Julie Reinhardt from the Pacific Northwest. It's long, but in the spirit of not being a social media douche, good on you for making it. There's kind of a positive one from Julie. Just a, a quick scan. Julie's got a great uh, smile. I yeah. love her. Oh, yeah. Julie, did you ever read that <laughs> book, hey, uh, She Smoked? Something. What? Yeah. yeah you said that. something in the in, in the, in the warm-up. Yep. Robin is 68? Yes, Robin is 68. <laughs> All right, now, I got to tread lightly here. I got to tread real lightly here in All the right. Me Too era. Yes. But Yeah, careful. Robin just does not look 68. Well, believe it or not, she is as 68 as they come. 45. No, Robin is 68 years old. Believe it. Take it to the bank. Unbelievable. It's amazing. Robin is. That uh, Florida sun, that Florida sun will treat you right, I guess, huh? Eating all that citrus down there. Right. Oranges, limes. What else do they have down there? Although you're more of a fan of, uh, like, Michigan fruit, aren't you? Oh, I'm a cold. Well, you know, I used to have a career in wine, and I have learned that fruit grown in cool climates is better balanced. You get a better sugar acid balance. Yeah. I mean, all the great wines in the world are grown in fairly cool climates. And the same is true for peaches. You have been following me on uh, social media, oh, yes. obviously. Oh, right. I've been raving about Michigan and Washington peaches this summer. Yeah. I've, um, the white peaches, the uh, freestone peaches, have just, uh, you know, you eat them over the sink, mm-hmm. and they run down your chin, your arm. They're fantastic. It's been a great summer for uh, for pit fruits, and uh, uh, particularly the cold climates. And, I, I, you know, I love me Georgia and South Carolina barbecue, but although Georgia is known as the peach state, South Carolina makes more peaches than Georgia does. And both of them I like. But they're just really rich and intense, and they just lack the acidity of the cool climate peaches. So um, for me, Michigan, Washington, Oregon peaches, they've been fantastic this summer. Uh, Meathead, before we get into a couple of the other topics, and we've touched on it before, but Friday is going to be the 19th anniversary of September 11th, 2001. Uh, As you look back, now almost 19 years ago, uh, thoughts on that day and, and where we are 19 days in advance, especially given the time that we're in this year? Unbelievable. I was, um, you know, like so many others, I, I work from home, so I'm here in my office, and directly over my shoulder, you can see a dark doorway, but yep. that's the dining room. There's a TV in the dining room. And, uh, you know, I heard something about it on the radio, and I went in and turned the dining room TV on just in time to see the second plane hit. And um, it was, um, it was, you know, the same breathtaking, frightening moment for me as for everybody else. I had a little bit of irony involved. I was scheduled to fly from Chicago to Ithaca, New York Mm. um, on the 12th. I was a frequent speaker at the Cornell University School of Hotel Management. I spoke on wine every semester, and uh, uh, that trip obviously was canceled. Nothing flew over. Uh, for uh, weeks, but um, yeah, uh, I mean, it, 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 an event that it has totally changed the world, uh, you know, it, well, it's up there. You know what we're going through now? COVID is something we're all going to look back on and wonder what life was like before COVID. Will we shake hands again? Will we hug again? Um, you know, I've traveled in the Orient and uh, so many people in Asia wear face masks yeah. Prior to COVID, will we be a society where many people just wear face masks as a matter of routine? Um, the thing about the face masks, and I'm, I wear them all the time, the th- thing about face masks that is so frustrating is you can't see people smile. Um, uh, cashiers, uh, waitresses, people on the street. I, 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 boy, you know, how many times have we we've been taught to share a smile? to lift someone up with a smile. And that just is, 
is launched right now. It, 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 we've just been through too many tragedies. Indeed. Uh, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joining me here on the show as he does the second Tuesday of every month. Appreciate you sharing that with me, Meathead. So let's move on a little bit. Um, I know you're... One, one other thing I wanted to touch base on that you t- mentioned in your intro. Yeah, go ahead. And, and I'm a huge fan of Jess Pryles. Yes. Um, but this Just Keep Flipping stuff, Yes. Um, she's really made a... Um, uh, a mission of this, and it's a great mission because it really works. It's really important. But this has been around for a long well, time. Well, I don't think I mean, there's any dispute of that. So I don't think she would yeah, uh, I mean, say she, that she's she created did, it. But she she certainly didn't to discover this. Yeah. I mean, um, Harold McGee, Kenji Lopez-Alt, and I and others have been talking about it for a long time. The whole concept is, is we have to stop thinking about heat, and we need to think about energy. And there is energy um, pushed onto the surface of food and it builds up in the surface and it works its way towards the center. And if you flip, the energy bleeds off into the atmosphere. And so you get a much more even temperature in the center. If you don't flip, then you get this layering effect or the rainbow effect of a dark exterior, then a layer of brown, then a layer of tan, and finally it's medium rare in the center. And uh, the same holds true for chicken, turkey. Flip, 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 flip. The human rotisserie, um, especially during the searing process, a great technique. And I applaud uh, Jess for uh, pioneering or championing it. Yep, making it very popular these days, undoubtedly. One of the things that we have talked about in many versions of our visits over the years, Meathead, is barbecue on television. And it's something that we haven't seen really in any number of years, probably for any number of reasons. Perhaps uh, there was some watching fatigue. Perhaps it became a little too mundane for everybody. Or perhaps it just hit its crescendo and faded out and ran its life cycle like so many other things do here in our society, but on the 18th of November, a little upstart called Netflix is trying their hand at something called the American Barbecue Showdown. When I watched the trailer, and I don't want to take a dump on barbecue television because it's always a weird, well, it's always a weird dichotomy for me because... I'm just not God a. Forbid Greg is ever negative about anything, Mister Positive. I don't want to be contrarian, but sometimes <laughs> I'm forced. Uh, personally, and I'm obviously continually in the minority here because these types of shows are very popular: the chopped type shows, the contest type shows. It's just not appealing to me. That's the first part. Then there's the weird dichotomy. I usually know most of the contestants that are appearing Mm -hmm. on these shows. So I want to have them on. I want to promote them. I want to hype them. I want to get good ratings, all this stuff. However, I can help. And I want to see them all do well. But I'm always caught in this weird, vacillating position. And my thought is, for instance, a longtime centralite, an incredibly accomplished competition cook, Sylvie Curry, is on the show on the 18th. In fact, she will be on in two weeks' time and We'll talk about. We all love Sylvie. Yes, absolutely, and she'll be a little less reined in. I was going to try and have her on tonight, but there was going to be a lot of hurdles for her to have to navigate, and I didn't want to do that. So, in two weeks after it airs, that twenty-second show, she'll be on, and uh, we'll be able to talk a little bit more freely. But as you watch the trailer, and I guess you're assuming what the show might be like, what are your, some of your first thoughts? And are you excited? Do you a have a Netflix subscription, and would you watch if you do? Yeah, well, I, I really, first of all, I, I watch a lot of Netflix, uh, especially during COVID. Um, they've been doing some great stuff, and uh, they have two series now, this one, and there's another one, uh, Chef's Table, um, that focuses on barbecue, and uh, they, they both look to be a notch above average. The thing about these cooking contests, whether it's Netflix or anywhere else, is that I don't learn much from them. Now, when the first ones came out by John Marcus, whom I know is a friend of yours Personal friend. and mine as well and appears on the show regularly, um, John did the first uh, Pitmaster competition, and uh, it, it was really fascinating, and it was really uh, attracted a lot of attention. At the time, I was doing a weekly column in Huffington Post, and so I just started doing a weekly roundup of what happened on the show. 
But what frustrated me then and still does is that it's all about the personalities. It's all about the conflict. It's all about winning and losing. Um, it's all about, um, what, you know, they, 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 they all take the chef's pose, you know, arms crossed. They go, mm, I'm kicking ass today, you know. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I've been invited to cook on a couple of these things, and I just can't do that. I just don't think, <laughs> first of all, I think if I went on one of these shows, I'd probably get my ass kicked, and that would ruin my reputation. <laughs> but Would it? Um, Oh God, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it, 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 all the posturing and posing, and uh, I mean, the 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 famous scene of uh, Diva Q uh, dissing her husband on national TV, um, or for her, now her former husband. Uh, I mean, I hope that if they do it right, we can learn something. Uh, we can learn a few tricks and techniques learn something about the cuts of meat. I'm really glad to see they're cooking on Lang 48s. Now, for those who are listening and don't know what a Lang 48 is, this is a stick burner, a real log burning barbecue pit. Um, and uh, um, in a lot of these previous contests, uh, there've been a variety of cookers, but they're all using the exactly the same pit and they're using a pit that requires skill. Burning logs ain't easy. Burning logs requires fire management skills. And if you screw up, the flavor is bad. And so these people are going to have to really control fire, not just have a fancy injection or a sauce or a rub. It, there's a lot of complexity. Oh, there's a picture of the Lang 48. There it is. Yeah. Um, it's it's a nice machine. I had a Lang 36 for a long time, loved it. It's a reverse flow, um, and it, it it is a, um, a a tool that cooks exceedingly well if you know how to use it. You've got to work with it. Uh, you've got to control it. Uh, you, I mean, you know, you have wood and oxygen, and you have to have the right amount of wood, the right amount of oxygen. And if you get too much of one or the other, you got issues. So this that that's something alone. Uh, also, I'm 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 I I think that um, Melissa Cookston as a judge is a good choice. Um, she's a fine cook. Uh, I don't know the other judge very well. Kevin uh, I know of him. Yeah, I, I I know of him, but I don't know him personally, and I don't know much about him. But. Um, I would I would think that having more than two judges would be good, but w whatever. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. It should be fun. Are you watching the chef's table with Tootsie Tominance as well? Have you seen that? No, I haven't yet. I will watch it, though. I I've watched a lot of the chef's table shows um, because I do learn from them. There's an awful lot of interesting concept and technique, um, a lot of very chef-y stuff. And the idea that they've turned their microscope on barbecue will be interesting. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's just that my wife recently retired. So we're home together at night and we watch a lot of movies. We just watched Cinderella on Disney Plus the other oh, night. Look at you. Catching up on the oldies and the goodies, I see. Well, no, not the cartoon version. Oh. The actor version. The, 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 I don't know what they call it with real actors. Like the Broadway really version? Good. Wow. Uh, no, it was uh, you know it was uh, live. Uh, Lily, what's her name? Uh, it was just a good. It was uh, with real actors. It yeah. was good. All right, uh, Meathead is joining us here from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, you stand by, and I will be right back with you, and we'll talk about seafood on the grill, and we will also talk about apples on the grill. Of course, as I was promoting that here over the last couple of days, you can only imagine hearing apples on the grill and the other stuff that we've talked about on this show on the grill. So we'll get to that. I'll talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru. These folks created automatic pit temperature control devices. Are there other pit temperature control devices out there? A few. But why would you buy from somebody else when you can deal with the originators of the technology and ones who continue to revamp and then offer new product offerings 
making it better and better each time. The barbecue guru has always believed that outdoor cooking can be easy and fun, especially when you're using their barbecue guru controllers or if you're using one of their two cookers that they offer right now. They have a ceramic cooker called the Monolith that has a built-in power draft fan already in the bottom of it. So in your luck, if you have a barbecue guru pit temperature control device already, you hook it to the power draft fan at the bottom of the monolith and you're off and running. Also, great new situation because you get all these accessories that some of the other Kamado companies are charging you an arm and a leg for or nickel and diming you for. Then you have the shotgun cooker, more of a cabinet style that also completely compatible with any of the barbecue guru pit temperature control devices. If you're not sure of what you need, please call them. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or call. I'm sorry. Or visit the website and see what they have to offer. BBQGURU.com. That's BBQGURU.com. All right. We are back with more Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. And we're talking about seafood and we're talking about fruit. And if you have some Facebook or YouTube questions for Meathead, Throw them up, I'll cue them off, and we'll answer them before the segment ends here this evening. So stick around, we'll be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also buy them from Amazon.com as well if you would prefer. But it doesn't matter. It works in all of your pellet-driven pits. Don't worry about any of it. It's not breaking any warranties or it won't not work in this cooker or that cooker. I have a number of pellet cookers. They work on every one and they're great. CB and the gang over there. All right, Meathead, thanks for hanging with me through the break there. Uh, Let's talk about seafood first. I wanted to go apples, but let's save apples uh, for the end here. Uh, Let's talk about seafood because we've often heard on this show that if you weren't going to be Meathead, you were going to be Fishhead because of where you originally uh-huh. started out there in the Florida coast, yeah. uh, going to University of Florida and so forth. So let's talk a little bit about seafood and the grill and perhaps one of the biggest scams going, and I kind of fell for it, and you set me straight there a number of months ago, which is sea bass or uh, perhaps Chilean sea bass. There's a whole situation going around there uh-huh. that as a consumer you need to watch out for. Yeah, well... Um uh, yeah, you, you, you remember, and for those of your listeners who don't tune in every week or know me that well, um, I was raised on uh, both coasts of Florida. I also lived on the coast of Maine for a while on Long Island Sound. So I'm an East Coast uh, fisherman. I was born with a fishing rod in my hand. My dad always had a boat. We did a lot of fishing, and I do love seafood. And I would be fishhead if I still lived on the East Coast. But I'm now in the Midwest, and uh, there is one truism about fish, and that is the fresher the better. Um, If you can pull it out of the ocean and club it over the head so it's dead, uh, scale it, gut it, and cook it, it don't get any better than that. If you've got to ship it to Chicago or Minneapolis, it's going to lose a couple of days, maybe more, and it deteriorates rapidly. Um, the other thing that's important, and this is key in, in shopping for fresh fish, is that if it's fresh, it needs to be kept laying in contact with ice. Um, if it's on a plastic uh, uh, pan or a sheet of plastic and ice is underneath, that's good. But when you lay fish right on ice, there's a very thin layer of water between the skin of the fish and the ice. And the warm fish melts the ice and creates this layer of water. And that water keeps the fish hydrated and keeps it moist. And that's really important. You need to keep it cold. You don't necessarily want to freeze it. 
so you want to keep it cold and moist and if you put it on a plastic um, styrofoam sheet or something like they they like to do you're, you're preventing that now the, the the grocers the fishmongers like to do that because if they don't then they have to throw the ice out at night and they have to make new ice and ice is expensive it takes energy but it's the best way to handle fish so when you go shopping for fish and you see a fishmonger where the shrimp or the fish are laying on top of ice they're telling you we know how to handle seafood huh. so that's the first thing always in any form of cooking whether it's low and slow barbecue brisket or whatever raw material start with the best you can get and that's the first thing now if you can't get fresh fish i would rather have fish that is blast frozen or fast frozen at sea or right at the docks because there when you freeze meats it forms ice crystals you may remember high school physics water expands when it freezes and ice crystals are sharp so whether it's uh, ribs or fish if you just pop it in your home freezer it's going to take time to freeze it's going to form ice crystals it's going to burst through the muscle fibers and you're going to get what they call purge or drip loss and when you open the bag or whatever you've contained it and there's liquid running around in there that's liquid that came out of the fish now it's not disastrous because there's a lot of liquid in there to begin with you've lost a little bit of it but it's still measurable um, the very best seafood purveyors um, catch the fish and either freeze it right at sea in a really low temperature freezer which makes small crystals so there's very little purge or when it hits the docks they gut it scale it fillet it whatever they're going to do with it and then they rapid blast freeze it um this spring about four or five months ago um when covid first hit um my wife and i subscribed to a service called Sitka Salmon Shares. Hmm. That's the name of it. Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, Salmon Shares. Sitka is a, a, a city in Alaska. Oh, yes. And um, this is a essentially a co-op where they have a number of fishermen to go out. They're independent fishermen. They come back. They bring in their fish, and they blast freeze, and they ship around the country. And for a fee, I forget what it is, um, but you get five pounds of fish a month. And we've been just delighted with the quality. Very little um, purge or when you open the, 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 the shrink wrap. Now, I, and by the way, I hope everybody out here knows I have never taken a nickel from anybody to endorse a product. Um, this is not a paid uh, endorsement. It's a product I bought that I'm just delighted with. Being yeah. a Floridian yeah. stuck in Chicago, getting this marvelous cod sable fish salmon five pounds a month shipped from this company uh really impressed um check into it if you're a member of our pitmaster club they offered a 25 dollar discount on the subscription to members of our pitmaster club nice. but um uh, if you're going to if you can't get really really fresh fish then look for fish that has been blast frozen it's the next best thing now how do you cook it it's really good on the grill. We all know anything you cook indoors, you can cook outdoors only better. And the flavor of flame and smoke really enhances fish. It adapts well to those flavors. Problem is, is that you're going to cook fish to 125 to 130 degrees. You don't want to go a lot higher. That is rare for a steak or, um, I mean, it, that, that's really fast cooking. So you're not going to get a lot of smoke flavor in there. And one of the techniques that we discovered, we invented actually, is we we went to our friend Brad Barrett, who makes grill grates. And uh, 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 Greg, if you can pull up a picture of what grill grates look like. Oh, everybody knows what grill grates look like. For well, it's like okay, the most popular so. thing. Come on. Yeah, it, it, it's a device that has valleys. And one of the things we told Brad about is we started throwing pellets or sawdust into the valleys and Greg is the one who named this technique close proximity smoking what happens is is the pellets start 
smoking, but they're only a half inch below the fish. So now you can put a layer of smoke on fish that's going to cook in 15 minutes, yet it still comes out golden and you've got a really nice smoke flavor to it. It's a really good technique. You need to check it out. I write about it on AmazingRibs.com. I think Brad's been writing about it on his site. Uh, but it's a really great technique. And uh, the first fish I did it with was Chilean sea bass. Now, Greg mentioned Chilean sea bass earlier. There's a number of bass breeds out there. I mean, you've got largemouth bass and smallmouth bass, which are lake fish, in freshwater fish. In, and then there's sea bass. But the Chilean sea bass actually was called Patagonia toothfish. And they just decided that's a pretty hard name to market, Patagonia toothfish. So they named it Chilean sea bass. It's probably the most expensive fish on the market. And that's with good cause. It's going to be at least 35, 40 bucks a pound. Wow. But it's a very beautiful, white, thick flake, tender and juicy fish. And it's just awesome. I know that's a lot of money to spend. It's like buying Wagyu beef. Do they come in? Do they come in like pound portions, or will you go to a fishmonger and say, "I want X many pounds of Chittagonian toothfish"? <laughs> um, well, Chilean sea bass is what most people call it now, and yeah, I think typically the portions are like eight, twelve ounces. They're, um, uh, you know, the size of my my a fist or something. Yeah. They can be fairly thick and you'd like that. Um, you know, anybody who's really into grilling knows thicker, the better thin foods cook way fast and tend to be overcooked in the center before the exterior browns or gets flavored. So you get, try for a thick piece. Um, and, uh, um, you probably have to go to a specialty fish market. I'm in a big city. If you're in a rural area, you might have trouble finding it. If you can't, try to find a... I don't know where you buy it. Uh, the uh, Sitka Salmon Chairs, I don't think they offer it because it's a it's warmer water fish. But um, if you can get your hands on it, it really is worthwhile. And it really adapts well to this rapid smoke flavoring or just grilling it. Now, when you just grill it, if you throw it on your grill... The, the, the age-old problem, everybody has this with fish, is the protein in the fish just falls in love with the metal on your grate, and it won't let go. <laughs> and you, it, it's just really hard. Another reason why I like grill grates is they have these spatulas that you can reach under, and they lift the fish off the grate. And again, let me please stress, I'm not paid to say this. I just like this product. Um, but it really is good for seafood. Um, if you're going to cook fish, one of the best techniques to keep it from sticking is mayonnaise. Now, I know there's just a lot of people, I run into this all the time, who just are grossed out by mayonnaise. They, it reminds them of pus or something. I don't know. But they're disgusted by the concept of mayonnaise. But it's mostly just Oil. It's. It, I mean, mayonnaise is oil and egg yolks with a little lemon and salt. It's mostly oil, but it's a thick oil, um, and you spread this on the fish, and it doesn't really make much of a flavor on the fish at all. You can't taste it, but it really helps keep the fish from sticking. So you coat the fish really heavily. Well, first of all, you want to season the fish. So you salt it, um, and then you put your rub on it. I like herbs, um, particularly tarragon, thyme, tarragon especially. Um, we've got a really nice seafood recipe, rub recipe called Marietta's Fish Rub on our website. And sprinkle that on, and then just a thick layer of mayonnaise, and you lay it down and just wait till it lets go. Don't try to pry it up. I mean, that's true for all meats. Just let, it, it will let go eventually. And when it lets go, you flip it over. And um, uh, you want to watch your internal temperature, 130, 135 at the most. A lot of people like 125. Um, you want you, you don't want to overcook. It depends on what your tastes are. I like it 125. My wife wants it a little more cooked, so you, I put I put hers on first. Um, but uh, um, uh, we just did a. Um, uh, a Zoom seminar for our pitmaster club, and we had 
um, uh, uh, Brad and Brooke from the shed in Mississippi, who they're fishermen, and a guy from Sitka Salmon Shares, another guy from the West Coast, all talking about seafood. And Brooke from the shed was talking about an interesting technique I'd never heard of, where they'll take fish and fillet it, but they'll leave the skin and the scales on, <laughs> and she'll cook it one side only, scale side down, um, and uh, lid down, so it will rose from above, smoke circulating inside, and um, the scales in the skin act like a buffer, and she calls it on the half shell. And when you pull it off, the meat comes up off the skin really easily. I've noticed that too. I've never left the scales on when I've done it. And that's a really interesting technique that she shared with us. So are you excited enough to try that on your own? You bet I will. All right. Um, I've got, I've got um, a load of salmon from Sitka in my uh, um, freezer now, but uh, the next time I can, I'm going to try that. Absolutely. Yeah, the problem is, is I... I'm stuck here in the Midwest. I mean, I go fishing and if I catch a crappy, you know, I, I have caught five pound um, uh, largemouth bass in, in, in these fresh waters, but it, it's rare. And, uh, uh, you know, I just miss being on the coast. All right, Meathead, do you want to take a couple Facebook questions quickly before we yeah. run you off? All right. Uh, let's go yeah. to, looks like uh, Julie Reinhardt has something to say. Says we happen to grill fresh halibut tonight on the big green egg because this time of year it goes down to fifteen ninety five from twenty five or thirty pounds. By we, yeah. I mean my husband cooked it while I drank wine uh, with his mom on <laughs> Zoom. It was perfect. All right. Yeah. Well, you're up in Seattle. That's right. I mean, uh, Seattle, um, uh, Oregon, uh, and halibut is a cold weather, a cold water fish, and, and like the fruits, I think. In general, your cold water fishes are uh, more interesting because they're fattier. Um, and particularly when you get down around the belly, the belly flaps are fatty because they protect the organs. Um, so, you know, uh, um, for some people it may be too fatty, but um, salmon, belly salmon is just really unctuous. All right, next remark coming in from Dino Dan Smoking. I cooked a ribeye in an air fryer, and I liked it. How do we feel about that meat? <laughs> you like that? Well, Good well, for you. I know why you didn't like my damn song. Yeah, that's right. Good for you, Dino Dan. You're uh, you're allowed to cook in whatever you want. No problem. Uh, no, Big no, L. All right, let's give him a break. First of all, air fryers have nothing to do with frying. Right. I mean, the, the physics here is, is it's just a really good convection oven. Yes. I mean, you're, you've got hot air, and uh, it's blowing fast. And the beauty of blowing air across something is, is that when you put a cold piece of meat into an oven, there's a layer of cold air on the surface of the meat. Right. And it just sits there. And if you put the fan on it, it'll blow the cold air away and the hot air in contact with it. So it cooks faster. Well, these air fryers just blow the air really fast, really hard. You've got a high temperature. So you've got a high temperature, but it's, it's like a broiler. And basically that's what a grill is, is it's an inverted broiler. You got the flame down below instead of from above as in a broiler. So you're getting some of that effect in it. I still think that, you know, if you're going to do a ribeye, and, you know, by the way, we've talked, you and I, Greg, about sous vide. I've given up on sous vide ribeyes and the best steaks because, you know what, they don't improve it that much. If you're going to do sous vide, use your tough cuts. Use your use your rump cuts and your even brisket. Um, but uh, ribeye, I mean, for me, it's a grilling food. And by the way, oh, do you have that video? Have we got time to do the video? No, we don't have time now. Oh, my God. Let me tell everybody real quickly. Um, I grill um, flank steak over twigs of grapevines. And it takes 
10 minutes maybe at well over a thousand degrees i just posted a video on this um youtube.com slash amazing ribs it's a five minute video um you've got to go see very impressive how i cook this flank steak it's absolutely fantastic and if you can get um twigs of fruit wood hardwood or nutwood um you want to try this technique uh it's a technique i learned in france and it really is awesome all right answer this last question meathead from big al any thoughts on cooking ribs hot and fast with a vortex in a weber kettle cut the ribs uh rub and put on a grill like wings seen a couple people say they've liked it and they have tried it your thoughts on that well, one, a, a basic rule of meat science is high temperatures sque- uh, shrink the muscle fibers. When muscle fibers shrink, they squeeze out juices and you get drier food. Um, now, I've had, I mean, you know, when I first started getting in a barbecue, everybody used to say Dreamland in Tuscaloosa, Alabama was the worst barbecue joint in America because they grill <laughs> them hot and fast over direct heat and um i just kept got tired of hearing all this dissing and even though i'm a gator and i hate the crimson tide with a passion of course i went to tuscaloosa went to dreamland and fell in love with the ribs even though they're grilled hot and fast because they t- had a flavor like a steak they were gri- the meat on the exterior got that maillard effect flavor and the fat um, uh, s- uh, s- seared, um, so you know you, you'll get some really interesting flavor. Um, you'll drive off moisture, but with ribs and other fatty cuts, the real juiciness often comes from the fat, not from the m- water. Fat. So you, <laughs> so you might want to try it. I'm still a fan of low and slow ribs. Um, I've often said I don't bother with the Texas crutch because it's too much trouble and I love uh, a good bark, but I've been crutching lately and my wife is in love with those ribs. So I'm, I'm backing off on my, uh, uh, Texas crutch. Rob Bass uh, says that oh, he go. believes Dreamland well, is great right, too. And I love, I love Dreamland and that was the point. The three of us um, also hate Alabama. Yeah. I mean, you know, for years, Dreamland was just dragged through the mud because all the barbecue snobs. And by the way, there's an awful lot of barbecue snobs out there. You're talking. We're saying that they just are not cooking indirectly, uh, and therefore it's not real barbecue. And that was just uh, not the case. That's right. Uh, you can find Meathead right here on the second Tuesday of every month. In the meantime, please hit him up on social media. He's waiting there with bated breath. <laughs> To take you on. I do. At By the way, yeah. I hate social media, but I personally do all the tweeting and the That's response. Right. To, I get a little testy sometimes. Um, somebody, I just posted a recipe for Syracuse salt potatoes, and somebody asked me, "Is there a low sodium version?" Oh dear. The recipe is called salt potatoes. You idiot. That's right. <laughs> Salt potatoes. Find them on AmazingRibs.com or at social medias, but more importantly, the second Tuesday of the month right here. Meathead, always appreciate the time, pal. Always fun to talk to you, Greg. And let me say hello to my buddy Doug and your remote correspondent who has recently been concussed. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. You you can talk about Doug, but uh, Doug's okay. I just talked to him today. All right. Well, uh, I'm sure he appreciates the well wishes, and we'll talk to you again next month. There's Meathead, everybody. Right there. Meathead is right there from AmazingRibs.com, and we'll just turn this into a quick transition. All right. We'll turn this into a quick transition. How quick? This quick. Stand by as we close the first hour. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Hey, hey. I don't have enough time to roll through it here, but that's all right. Lance Owen. 
Owens. I've given up on sous vide. Thanks to Meathead and Greg, I have another gadget stored above the icebox. What's that? What do you have stored above the icebox, Lance? Okay, we're back right after this. Stick around. This is Doug Shiding of Rogue Cookers.